Hi, welcome to Breathe, the podcast. I'm Trisha and I'm your host this week. We are season one, episode four already, halfway through the first season, and I'm very excited to be walking this little journey with you. Today, I am going to talk about the um, root and guts of depression. And it's not necessarily the most favorite uh, topic, but I think that maybe having a little knowledge surrounding it and a little experience uh, might be beneficial. I know, um, I, you know, I want to be very raw and real, um, but also incredibly encouraging to um, any of the listeners today. So whenever this falls into your hand, if this is, I, you know, I just honestly, I hope that all of these are very raw, very real, helpful to you, that there is some takeaway that you can, you can have that will um, enhance your life and your world. So uh, we just had a long holiday weekend. And that holiday weekend for me started out really good. I was very excited about it, had a lot of uh, great plans and, and good feelings about it, and um, very quickly went downhill. So I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but first, let's just talk about depression as a major depressive disorder. Um, it is common. It is. Uh, it can be quite serious. And it, it's just a negative, you feel negative. You feel maybe, maybe pressure or heavy. And you can tell, um, usually in yourself, if you're, if you're aware of it, by the way that you're thinking, the way that you're talking, the way that you're acting, um, and you know, so if you're walking through that right now, please know there are treatments available. Um, but let's dig into a little, again, a little bit deeper about what depression is. It causes the feelings of sadness, loss of interest in activities that you once enjoyed or really loved. Um, and so I think a lot of times we feel sadness and we think, oh, I'm becoming depressed. But I want to reverse that. What if we thought about it this way, that the depression could be causing the sadness? Thinking about it one way makes it like situational. Thinking about it the other way makes it more medical. At least that's my way of looking at it. I hope that makes sense the way that I've expressed it. But sometimes we get sad. It, you know what? Sad is an emotion and it happens. But when depression is causing your sadness, that's a different approach to getting out of the sadness. Mm, again, hoping that that makes sense. So um, depression symptoms... I'm just going to read this directly off of psychiatry.org. Feeling sad or having a depressed mood, a loss of interest, pleasure activities once enjoyed, changes in your appetite that can relate to weight loss or gain, 
and it's unrelated to your diet, okay? Your intentional intake. Trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy and incre- or increased fatigue, increase in purposeless physical activity, um, inability to sit still, pacing, hand wringing, slowed movements of speech. If they're observable, severe enough to be observed by others. Um, Internal feelings of worthlessness or guilt. Difficulty thinking, concentrating, making decisions. And of course, um, unfortunately, but attached to this are thoughts of death or suicide. If you have a combination of those, please seek mental health. There are treatments whether you go to a psychiatrist, mental health therapist, um, you know, there are people that have been trained in understanding these things that want to help you. If your symptoms last two weeks and represent a change in your previous level of functioning, um, you could have a diagnosis of depression. There are other things that mimic this, um, medical conditions, thyroid problems, brain tumor, vitamin deficiency. So these need to be ruled out. Um, But depression affects one in 15 adults in any given year. And one in six people will experience depression at some time in their life. So it can, can, it can occur at any time, but on average, it first appears in the late teens to mid-20s, and women tend to be more likely than men to experience depression. Um, so I just, just, again, want you to be aware of all of those things being indicators of struggling with depression. That has been uh, my personal diagnosis and and my story, so to say. It has really um, impacted several parts of my life. And so I don't want this to be, my goal is not for this podcast to be about me and my experience, but hopefully to bring awareness to you, um, whether you are suffering uh, depression or you know somebody, somebody in your life is is struggling and and you see them like, you know, pickleball three weeks ago was great. And now maybe following the Thanksgiving holiday, there's just a listless, I really don't want to go and do that. Or when they do, the effort is so strong that afterwards, it's um, time to go home, take a shower and take a nap, right? You've... You've given, I think I've used this before, this, this theory of spoons. You know, each of us have so many spoons in a day. And um, so let's say you each have 10, we each have 10 spoons in a day. Those spoons may be filled with um, energy in order to do things, right? So you have 10 spoons of energy. Sometimes your output will actually add spoons in. So, for example, you wake up in the morning, 
you have your 10 spoons because it feels like a really great day. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you set yourself aside. You take 30 minutes to drink your coffee, to maybe journal, to read in your thoughtfulness book, um, to study on scripture, whatever it is that, you know, gives you the energy to, to go through the day. And sometimes things like that, that, that walk outside in crisp air will actually add spoons. So you're like, wow, today I've got 13 spoons instead of just 10. So that's great. Well, everything that you do throughout the day, right? A confrontation with the coworker, that takes a spoon. If it's a big one, it takes two, right? Um, sometimes interacting with other people, that takes spoons. It takes your energy. And slowly throughout the day, you see your spoons become depleted. So that's how I like to think about it. I hope that makes, again, I hope that makes sense to you. So I approach every day saying, how many spoons do I have today? If you had a lot of really tough dreams the night before, you may wake up at a deficit. You may say today, I've got four spoons and I've got to really figure out where the best use of that energy is. So that's just one way of thinking about um, how much you have to give. When you're depressed, you may start out with negative three spoons. Again, you know, it's all subjective. You get to determine, is this a 10 spoon day? Is this a two spoon day? And again, all that is, is one way to conceptualize what it is, how much energy you have for the day. Then when somebody says to you, hey, do you want to blah, 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 we're going to go out, we're going to be around a lot of people, you can help them by saying, you know what, I started today with only three spoons, and being here with you, I knew would add a spoon with me, but I think that being with others may deplete those faster than I can use, faster than I can um, multiply them. So I need to take a break. And it helps other people to understand. You know, another way I've heard it described is, you know, every day I have a bucket and my bucket is filled with my big rocks, my medium rocks, you know, and I have to look into those and I have to say, maybe depression is feeling like a boulder today, right? So when you look into your basket of all of your big rocks and you've got this boulder, can you fit anything else in there? No. Nope. Not even sand will fit in today. And you just have to be real with yourself. So again, feeling sad, depressed mood, loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed, change in appetite, trouble sleeping or difference in sleeping, loss of energy, increase in just jitteriness or slow, slowed movements or speech, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, difficulty thinking and concentrating, and thoughts of death and suicide. And if you're experiencing those, please make an appointment with your regular doctor. Get these things checked out. Say, hey, I've been feeling this. I'm not sure. You know, is this just a moment? It's been going on for a while now. And find out. And again, you know, we're in the holiday season and um, 988 is the suicide and crisis lifeline. You can call or text 
988-988. Or if you would prefer to chat online, you can use 988lifeline.org. Again, maybe you're not the affected one, but maybe one of your loved ones is. Knowing this information could be very helpful in helping them move forward. So now we're going to take our time out um, just to breathe, to take a moment and get ourselves together. So let's do this together. I'm going to turn the music down here. And so for today's breathing exercise, um, <laughs> I want to call it big stretch. And my dogs are looking at me right now just saying, please let this be me, because usually that means we're going to go P-L-A in the Y-A-R-D with the B-A-L-L, which I'm not about to do right now, because I've got another uh, few moments to sit here with you. Um, but today, would you stand up and reach as high as you can to the ceiling onto your tippy toes? and breathe in and exhale as you just bring your arms slowly down just taking up all of the space around you taking this moment and bend down and touch your toes or as close as you can to that by being mindful to breathe and being licked by your dog it's fine Mm, and stretch. Oh, there. My dogs are joining me in big stretch. And then come back to just standing up. Move your neck a little bit to the sides. Feel relaxed. And breathe in and breathe out. Be aware of your breath. How deep that breath is that you're taking. Sometimes when I take a deep breath, it, I fill it, fill my chest up so much that I almost get um, a feeling of like, you know, when you get the chills. And that is like a, um, it's almost, how do I say, like a recentering moment or like a, wow, that was fresh. I Like a freshness in my shoulders. And um, so breathing in different ways can help root and ground you and in the second section today we'll talk about some things that you can do when you're when you start to feel depressed and what depression might look like you're listening to breathe the podcast season one episode four and we're entering our second segment thank you for joining me this is trisha and we're in segment two so thank you for taking this journey with me. As we walk into segment two, you know, I, I said I would share a little bit of my story. And um, I, I don't really want to dig into all of the reasons and the um, things that things that I walked through that have um, brought this on. But I will say depression can come from um, it can come from anything. 
it can come from, let's see, just, you know, you can, experiencing loss, experiencing change, um, you know, a lack of safety or your needs, right? Maslow's hierarchy of needs not being met. Um, there's there are so many things that can lead to this. And so uh, this past weekend was Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and I had a great plan. I got to see one of my kiddos, came home, I made a full dinner for them, and uh, we enjoyed some time together. And, uh, you know, Thursday morning, woke up, watched the parade, um, packed up, was, was just excited to be going to one of my cousin's houses and enjoying time with family for a little while. We did that. Um, and that evening, when I came home, I just started to feel kind of quiet. And when I woke up on Friday, things were not even, there wasn't really a whole lot of joy, to be honest. Like, you know, the day before I was excited, I was going to see family and friends and maybe use a lot of my spoons. I don't know, but I didn't, it didn't, it felt like it gave me spoons. But on Friday morning, waking up, um, I just thought, okay, I'm going to make a plan for today. And I dug into my homework and I think I caught up on all of my classes as far as I possibly could, other than the writing of my one big paper in American politics. So I'm still working on that, uh, Mr. Moore, if you happen to be listening, which I'm sure he's not, but <laughs> if he were, I'm still working on that paper. Um, and so that was, that was Friday. I just really dug into my homework and set my feelings on a shelf. And in doing so, I was able to really get, pump out a lot of work. And so um, got that all taken care of on Friday, full day homework. And when I woke up Saturday morning, my thoughts of negativity were in high speed. Um, what I want to say is this. I did not necessarily feel depressed. I didn't feel sad. I didn't, it wasn't like, um, you know, an enormous awareness of, you know, I, I didn't cry. There was none of that, nothing emotional. As a matter of fact, what depression looks like for me is often nothingness. There is, um, there's no emotion. There's just an awareness and a heaviness that things are not right. And my self-talk is very negative. So when I, I'm aware of this heaviness, I say to myself, okay, what are we going to do to start cracking through this? And I do stretching and I do breathing and I do my prayer. You know, I spend time in prayer and I think about what can I do? And I kind of pour into the two living beings here that rely on me, Andy and Jojo. <laughs> and I, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. I go out, out 
with them. I have to be careful of my words here so they don't think I'm going to jump up and do this. Um, but I'll spend a lot of time with them. On Saturday, I didn't even have the energy to do that. We did the necessary stuff, um, but then I put the boy um, on the on the porch for a while. And uh, I came back in and I just thought, you know what? I've got to escape this negative thought pattern. And I laid down for a nap at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I woke up at three, five hours later. I didn't feel necessarily rested. I just knew that at least I had had five hours where those thoughts weren't kind of coming at me like shrapnel, right? Um, for lack of a better word. And so I guess in most of my life, I had heard depression being described as sadness. And I thought, gosh, that's not really what I'm experiencing because it's not to me most of the times. It's not sadness or um you know, and, and emotional. It's really like there is a lack of emotion. There is no joy or energy produced in doing things that I used to love. There is no, um, no feeling of connectedness. There's more of a feeling of duty, but not an emotional connectedness. I just want somebody to be aware that if you're feeling that loss of connectedness, that's how I would describe it. Um, and you're saying, well, I can't be depressed because I don't cry. Listen, I, I mean, yeah, no. Mm -mm. That may be one of the indicators for you. Um, so walking through that, I mean, literally when I, when I walked into um, my mental health professional's office yesterday, it didn't take five seconds for her to realize and recognize. And like once, once I sat, she said, okay, what's going on? I can tell, right? It, it doesn't take much. Um, I saved up all of my spoons <laughs> so that I could get there, Right. And when I think about nearly a year ago, it was January 1st when I sent uh, on the internet, I looked up, uh, I said, this has gone on too long. And I sent a, uh, looked up therapists in my area and found one that was close enough. And I thought, you know, if I was able to get an appointment there, I would probably not turn that down because that was very close. Um, filled out the paperwork, you know, paperwork online. I don't know what you call that now. The form. Is that the form? Yeah. So <laughs> filled out the form. And um, that was January 1st. So did I expect a call? No. I got a call the very next day. Asked a few questions. The office manager at my therapist's office is brilliant, kind, caring. 
and she takes a personal interest in all of her patients. And so I um, was very blessed to meet her. <clears throat> and I had an appointment within that week. Does that always happen? No. But it's got to start somewhere. So you have to make the call. And if you have a friend or a loved one that is walking through this and you can just see the signs, please grab their hand and say, I love you, I care about you, and I am going to take you there. I, I'm going to help you. Let's get this figured out. Make those, make that phone call, go on the internet. If you have to drive them there, please do this for your for your loved one. Okay, it is it is worth it. Absolutely. And so um, it's been a journey. And I am <sighs> okay, so I keep asking, when is this when is this walk gonna be over? When when? And there's no answer. And it's different for everyone. And maybe in three months' time, you will be able to, you know, use all of the tools that you have and they will benefit you. I know that they benefit you going forward. Um, I've been there for a year. You know what? There have been people that are there for five years or 10 years. Here's the thing. We're all on a different journey. We're on the same journey, but differently, right? Things affect us differently. There's not one, you, you can't mirror my life and your life are not going to be the same. So I can't tell you that, you know, but what I can tell you is there's help. Wouldn't it be nice just to lean on somebody and say, thank you for helping me? Isn't it nice just to ask for help and have someone respond? If you haven't yet, but you know you need to, this is the call. This is, the, this is your permission. This is your sign. This is someone who cares about you saying, make the call. And if you need somebody and you don't feel like you can connect with anybody in the world, there's not somebody who's in your inner circle that you feel like you even want to put this pressure on them to know about what you're going through. I am not a professional. Nothing I offer here is professional help. Okay? But it's just a conversation to talk about the things that we go through. And um, you can reach out to me and I will help you find help. Because that's what, here, no matter what is wrong with me, I will always stand up for somebody else. I will get on your side. I will champion for you. I will make the phone calls, make the connections, get you the help that you need. I will stand up to other people that are, you know, getting in your way of having good mental health. That's where, that's where my spoons get filled up, okay? <laughs> so it's kind of funny because I will sit under something for a long time and just go, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. But when I see somebody else going through the same thing, I champion for them. And, uh, and that's what fills my spoons up. 
I don't know. So, um, but anyway, if you if you are saying, I just wish somebody could help me through this, I've done it before. I have found 10 counselors and said, these are the numbers for you. They all take your insurance, whatever the case may be. Um, I just, I just want to help. Okay. So if you can't find somebody else, please message me privately, do whatever. Um, let me know that you just need someone to intervene because you don't have enough spoons to do that on your own behalf. But if you can do one thing on your own behalf, reach out for help. Reach out for help. I implore you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Breathe the podcast. Um, I'm just excited, I think, (laughs) to be on this journey with you. Thank you for joining me in this walk. Um, Again, my goal is that you'll have some tips, some ideas, just something that will give you, it will empower you to move on to the next day. or help somebody else. Maybe this isn't for you, but I hope that you have breathed with me. And I hope today, as you take those deep breaths that are restorative to your soul, think about everything that you put out into the universe. Think about the kindness that you give to one another. Think about the way you have honored yourself and blessed others. Those are meaningful moments. And I thank you for being that person. You are worthy. You are wonderful. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Between now and then, take time to breathe.